Welcome to the A Better Way to Farm podcast, where we share serious secrets about profitable farming. We appreciate you taking the time to join us, and we hope that you'll love the knowledge we share not only with you today, but also in future episodes. So let's get right into it. Hello, and welcome to the podcast from A Better Way to Farm. We appreciate you tuning in and count it as a blessing for you to take part in our podcast, and we get to share a few things with you. Tonight, we're very blessed. We are super excited about the special guests that we have lined up. In the past, we've had some very interesting people. And uh, tonight, we actually are going to have some neighbors of ours, people who we enjoy very much. And I think y'all are going to just love what they have to say. And it's going to be interesting for you to get to know them a little bit better. We would very much like to welcome to the podcast on this episode from Kissaqua, Iowa, and also from the show you might recognize as The Crush, Lee and Tiffany Lakowski. Thank you guys for being on here. Hey, hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's pretty exciting. My girls wrote up, I, I think you guys know I work for Karen and for Kayla. Uh, that's pretty well common fact. And so the girls wrote up some questions they wanted me to ask. And we're going to jump right into this. Um, <laughs> I'm going to, me too, <laughs> me too. I want to start with this, this question. I'd like each one of you to answer it. How did you guys get started just hunting? Not with your show, but just how did you, what was your love? Where did that come from? How did you get started hunting? Well, I'll start that one. And, and for me, like people ask me that, and I, say, I don't know, I think I was born that way, you know, as, as long as I can remember. Like my dad and, and we hunted, you know, as a kid, we go up to northern Minnesota and we gun hunted <clears throat> like with my cousins and uncles and, and everything. And, you know, and I just love that. But I still remember even being, I don't even know how old it might have been, like three, four or five, just sitting at my grandparents' house when my dad and my grandpa said we're out hunting just waiting by that window for them to come back. And if they forgot a deer, which they rarely did, because there wasn't very many deer up there, if they got one, they'd hang it in the woodshed, and I'd go out there with my BB gun, and, you know, I'd shoot it a thousand <laughs> times. You know, I think I was just I think I was born that way. It was just instinctual, because as far back as I can remember, I'd just been infatuated with whitetails, especially. I mean, all kinds of hunting, but, you know, that was the only reality for me at the time. You know, it was just basically whitetail hunting, so... I mean, I think I was born that way myself. That's awesome. My, I love that. And and he's still like that, just for the record. And my story is <laughs> totally opposite because I did not know anything about hunting or I'm kind of sad to say that I guess my uncles hunted up in northern Minnesota. But other than that, like there wasn't a soul around me that actually hunted or or even talked about it, but in all reality now, like, because all my cousins hunt and everything, and it's like they probably just thought I wasn't interested in it, so they never, like, brought it up to me what they were actually doing. And then, of course, you know what love does to us as ladies. It's like all of a sudden I start dating a hunter, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm really interested in that. And um, I, remember, I remember when Lee was, like, finishing college and stuff, and I would, like, be reading all these, like, North American Whitetail magazines and stuff. I was, like, a total magazine junkie and stuff. But then I remember, like, reading some of this stuff of, like, this is actually really interesting and it kind of fascinated me, but I didn't actually start hunting till a few years after I got a bow. And even then I didn't know if I'd actually enjoy it or if I'd want to shoot an animal or whatnot. And we went out that first night in Minnesota and like three little bucks came out. And by the time I had my act together, I was like hyperventilating and then shot the third one and smoked it. And I remember calling everybody that we used to shoot with all the time because back in the day we used to shoot 3D archery all the time and on um, leagues and stuff so i was hooked after that first hunt yeah <laughs> that's so cool i love that i love that guys i'm 
I know you guys are tremendously hard workers. I, we don't spend a lot of time together, but that's normally because when we meet, we're both running way too fast and working way too hard. But I'd like right. to share with some of the what some of the people here. What are the, some of the? And I'll let Tiffany go first, if that's okay. What are some of the daily disciplines that you guys do to stay at the top of your game? Oh gosh, you know, I, I mean, both of us are up at five in the morning, and for me now, I'm up at five in the morning. I work out um, right now, especially because it's so hot in Iowa. We go shoot our bows, and then of course we have little little kids and have very little help with those our little kids and. We homeschool them, and then really as the day goes on, you just kind of, Lee always says, you put out whatever fire needs to be put out first in all reality. But I think on an average day, even on days I don't work out, I'm logging like 21,000 steps. So it's, wow. it's funny because you, you think that, I mean, sometimes I think, well, what do I actually do all day long? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, if I actually wrote down everything I did all day long, I, that's probably why I don't write it down because I'd probably have a heart attack after about a week of doing that, you know? So, I mean, you just, you know, we have sponsors that you deal with every day. Then, of course, you have farming stuff. I mean, usually I run our dogs, too, every day, right in the morning, too, when it's so hot out and stuff. But I said every day we're, you're cracking on something. Right. And for me, it's like it's easy because it's, uh, I'm like, I said before, I, I was born infatuated with deer and I still am. So every day you get up and you do something with deer and I think that's kind of what kind of keeps you on top you know a lot of people you know for most things even for me like if you got interested in baseball or you got interested in anything you know you'd run its course you'd, you'd do it all the time and then after a year a couple of years or whatever you kind of get tired of it and you move on to something else but for me for some reason like hunting has never grown old for me and so every day I get up and I'm doing something with deer and I think that kind of keeps us on top of our game as far as you know let's say i mean we do a lot of hunting and lots of different kinds of things but white cow is king and that's really what we you know are are known for but you know every single day i get up and think about deer you know what we got to do with food plots or feeders or keeping them healthy or you know okay is it dry do i need to you know spray for midges and fog and do stuff and so you're always just yeah. super in tune with things you know i said we very rarely hunt it you know we certainly don't hunt like any whitetail outfitters it's all on our own properties like in iowa and our friends like in or kentucky. yeah we have a friend yeah. in, in kentucky so we hunt there but we help them with food plots and all that kind of stuff so i mean just being around it day in day out you know like already by this time i mean still our whitetail season's over a month away a month and a half or almost two months i pretty much know what deer we're going to hunt i know what stands will probably shoot them in i know it's not like you blow the dust off your bow on october 1st and Sam, go out and see if I can see a deer. I pretty much have it all planned out already. You know, something that kind of keeps us on top of our games just because I've been infatuated with deer, and I always have been. I've never gotten tired of it. I think it's really well, helps just that we do it together. Yeah. You know, and, and our kids are involved in it and stuff, so it's, it's never like, you know, these, whatever he's doing, I'm not like, oh, he's going to be home. or You know what I mean? It's like if he's out in a tractor 24-7, we're like, all right, we'll bring you dinner. Yeah, you know, we just kids are with me in the tractor yeah. and stuff. You know, you're always yeah. doing stuff together. I find that very cool about you guys. Every time I see you, the, the kids are along. Or when I stopped by there the other day, you guys were right. they were outside there with you. And I, that's who we are as a company, and I know that's who you guys are. I also know that you guys do, in addition to staying on your game there, I often see you running, both of you. Um, mm -hmm. I'll never yeah. forget, Lee, one of the, the, one of the first times I talked to you, I – 
I said, do you need a ride? And you're like, no, man, we're going to go out west and go go elk hunting. Right. And you huff, and, you huff and pop if you're not in shape. So I, right. I, I I respect that a lot. I have an off the kind of off-the-cuff question for you, Tiffany. Oftentimes you run by my daughter's house, and she wanted me to ask you what you enjoy most about running with her dog. Oh, my gosh. That is so funny. I know. Well, you know, it actually hey, doesn't. He came home with me first. He did. He actually did come with me the first time. But it actually is, like, kind of stressful because the little bugger, like, likes to run with us and stuff. And But I'm like, okay, you cannot go by the highway, you know? <laughs> I appreciate it's funny, I, though. I, I know I was up there one night, and you come wheeling in in your vehicle, and I was like, well, what are what Tiffany's doing here? And it's like, I just brought Murphy home. So like, oh, we, we appreciate you taking care of Murphy for us, okay? I know. Yeah. I guess funny. Robbie tell you a secret, Rod. You probably won't be that happy with it. But the first time that he ran home with me, you know, so I was like, well, we got to bring him back over there. So we we're getting ready to go. And that's when Tiffany's mom had some chickens out there. And the dog, the dog grabbed and killed one of her chickens. He didn't actually kill it. <laughs> oh, oh, no, no we, we saved it. That's right. We did we save it. We saved it with that that's blue. Right. I'm so yeah. sorry. I, no, I, yeah, it's totally like, fine. This is like yeah, when you were just like, a puppy. You know, yeah, he didn't know. Yeah. Otherwise, it was somebody, you know, if it was an older dog that just came around, you probably would have been a little upset. But it was more... We're outside with ourselves, and we let them outside out of our sight because I was just going to, you know, throw them in the Well, you were just getting dry clothes on to go over right. there. But it actually, to be honest, it did not kill a chicken. It act- right, it did. But all of a sudden, we were like, what the heck? Because, like, our, I mean, you would think our dogs would have eaten chickens, but they, they, you know, they got shocked the one time when they went after them, and then they never did it again. That's right, because that one, we just put that blue coat stuff yeah, on. Yeah, we just put the blue coat. Yeah, it was Nate's dog that actually killed it. But I, if you, here's a little tip. If you ever need, like, an antibiotic for animals, that blue coat, holy kishmole, that has Sweet. sprayed on like a hard blue yeah, coat on and, it. And I mean, that up. chicken was, like, filleted almost in it. Yep. Well, I didn't know. I didn't know that story. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Yeah. It, it was all right. fine, actually. And that uh, gave for right. us a good story, right? Yeah, there you go. Exactly, exactly. So tell me, you talked about going to college. When you guys were in college, Lee, what were your career goals while you were in college? What did you think you were going to be when you grew up? Well, college for me was a way that I could still slack off and go hunting because I could skip class. But, you know, if you had a full-time <laughs> job, you had to be more responsible for that. That's why I went for eight years. But <laughs> that's amazing. That was really my main thing. But at some point, you realize that... You know, when I was a kid, I mean, yeah. we could just go knock on doors, and this was kind of before the archery craze took over. And you could basically knock on any door you wanted to, like even up in northern Minnesota, even if they were hunters. And you said you want a bow hunt today. You want to shoot with a bow? Yeah, go ahead. You know, so it was unlimited where you could hunt. And I'm sure you know that from down there too. And, and you know, 30 years ago is a lot different than it is today. You know, you could probably just go anywhere. You know, even when I first started hunting Iowa, you could knock on any farmer's door. Yeah, shoot them all. You know, so it was no problem. But then, you know, when that whitetail craze started to hit, you know, around the late, you know, 1990s or somewhere in there, you know, I could all of a sudden you're, you start shooting a couple of deer and then you go talk to the farmer the next year and like, well, my grandson wants to hunt or something, you know, that started coming along. And I realized that, okay, if I, I'm going to have to get something of my own if I want to keep you know, hunting the way that I do. So that's when I was like, all right, I got to go and really buckle down and you know so my, i was really good at math and physics and chemistry and stuff like that so i got 
a degree in chemical engineering. And I figured at least I could make enough money to start buying land and stuff. And that's really what we did, right? As soon as I got hired, really, my mom had just passed away. And so my dad just lived in this big house by himself. And so I was like, well, can I buy your house? You know, land, you needed 20% down. And I didn't have a nickel. So I was like, you know, but I could buy my dad's house. I could take a loan because I was making decent enough money and just as a chemical engineer. So he just, I got the money for the house and he just gave it back to me. He said, because he didn't need it. And so that was how I bought my first piece down in Iowa was just basically, you know, I just took a loan out on the house to my dad and over the years, you know, paid him back and, and stuff. So, you know, I've always just kind of begged, borrowed and done whatever I could to, to buy the first things and to get, you know, hunting to keep hunting and that's my whole life goals were that way. So yeah, we kind of figure if you have something that you're super passionate about that your life will go in that direction. And, you know, no matter what it was, it wouldn't matter if I was a doctor, a lawyer, engineer, whatever, I think I would have ended up doing something in hunting because that's what my, no. my whole life kind of revolved yeah. around. But, Oh, um, sure. You know, so and you, you know, Lee, it's, it's, it, it's funny because if, if we're going to be successful in anything and there has to be that passion, in order to make it work. And I love the yeah. way that you guys, you're, you know, it's the daily grind. You're up at five, you're going to work. You're always trying to figure out how to buy that next yeah, form, how to expand, how yeah. to get bigger. And I love that. Yeah. There's no weekends off. There's, you hear so many people, oh, I'd love to have that job. And say, yeah, you know, most people wouldn't, wouldn't do it. You Especially know? No. like back in the day when we used to do like the, you know, Oh, we 100 had, appearances a year and stuff, and yeah. then you're doing all the rest of it. It's like, I, I think. Oh, we went nonstop, like you wouldn't believe. Because oh, now yeah. it's a little bit easier with social media. You know, because there's a lot of things. Can you post this? Can you post that? Can you have, you know, 30 sponsors or something? You know, and they always want, like, in in the old days before social media, it was like, hey, can you do this Cabela's appearance? Yeah, can you go, can you go, there, can can you go, go there. there? Can you go there? Can you go there? And we always you know, yeah, go we never every say time. No. Yeah. You know, we always worked and worked and worked. I mean, I mean it's, you were literally, you know, almost every weekend you were gone running someplace. <laughs> but we were always together. Yeah, so always was, together. Yeah, and we loved it. And, 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 stuff, but and, I, I, and I, I don't think I, people would work that hard. Yeah, and I love that, that you guys have done that. I, you know, and it's, it's funny because when you – Everybody thinks living on the roads all glamorous and and wonderful and good time. And I don't know about you guys, but I really get to the point after a few weeks out, and it's like I'd like to go home and I'd like to eat some leftovers. You ever get to that point? <laughs> right. I am totally like that, Lee. I swear. I mean, because like when we used to go out west years ago, we would be gone for like fifty five days, and Lee just absolutely loved it. And me, not so much. I don't like like when I leave and the corn is green, and then I come home and they're already starting to harvest and and it's dried out and stuff. I don't, I don't like feeling like I lost that much time in, in being able to see that. So, but like Lee just like thrives on that. But me, that just go and go and go. Yeah, he would totally just go and go and go. Which is always like a so, little bit like I'm always like, no, I don't like to do that as much. There you go. So, what do you guys do? How do you avoid distractions? How do you stay on target? What's the what? Because I I know you guys have to have a million distractions coming at you all the time. How do you avoid those and stay <laughs> focused? We don't. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, I never, you know, I, I always will help everybody and do anything for anybody. I never, I, I can never say no to people, you know, on anything. And you kind of get, you know, you always hear people, you know, just get any distractions out of your life or things aren't whatever. But I just can't. I just, you know, if anybody wants some or needs some, I'll always say yes. I mean, I'm here, you know, really, 
we leave on Thursday in a couple of days and I have, you know, friends calling me, Ryan, who's like, hey, you know, is there any way you guys get over to hit my food pots? My buddy Mark, you know, hey, can you do our food pots? Yeah, I'll try to get to him. I'll try to get to him. I mean, it's just like, you know, I have my own stuff to do and you were leaving in four days and stuff. But I still, well, I'll figure out some way if I have to work through the night or whatever. I've done that tons of times. Come on, Daddy. Start and go all day and come back the next day and have, have been gone out in the tractor for 24 hours overnight and, you know, finishing stuff and just yeah. get it done. But, you know, probably a little bit more sane if we avoided distractions, but I never do. But Lee, like, guys on that in all honesty. He's, <laughs> I swear to you, he does. Like, if he gets too many days in a row where he's kind of like, uh, okay, he'll, like, create it in all honesty because it's like he almost just can't sit still, which is. Something I think both of us are trying to work on a little bit, where you just enjoy the moment and just yeah, it's kind of different with kids. You know, if you want to be present there for them all the time and spend as much time as you can, but you know, but you obviously you still have to work, and it's a little different oh. when your kids are with you and you're homeschooling yeah. and all that stuff that you're with, with them all, all the time. time. But you know, there's times that you're working and stuff, and you feel like, man, you know, I'm kind of ignoring them or whatever. But it's like, hey, I still have to work. So you know, just the fact that they're around all the time, I just look at it and it's like, well, my dad. I mean, my dad worked all the time, too. He worked on the weekends and everything. Basically, we had seven kids, and he had to. Or maybe because he, we had seven kids, and he wanted to get the heck out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> I always say that. I was like, man, my dad was like, was like the workaholic. is just trying to keep clothes on our backs. You know, he was, just a, he was a bricklayer and stuff and cement guy, and he worked, you know, on the weekends and side jobs and everything else. And I was, I was like, yeah, he just worked hard to keep you know, clothes on our back and food on there, but then after having just two kids, I was like, are you kidding? After having seven of them, he probably just wanted to get the heck out of the house. He probably was glad to go to work. I was at my dad, and I was like, you know, even though he would always make time for us, you know, going and throw footballs and, and hunting and fishing trips and stuff here and there. But, you know, basically he was gone, you know, all day, every day until, you know, until dark half the time. But it, so it's like at least I get to do, you know, more with my kids than, most oh, parents yeah. get to. So I feel very lucky Absolutely. about that. They get to be with you. That's where we're lucky, though, because when we have days that, like, Lee is just, like, absolutely swamped, you know, it's like, that's where I, I mean, like, yeah, 100% there, yeah. I'm there, you know, so it's like I'm 100% able to, like, when they're like, where's that? They don't even ask where that is, you know. I'll be like, oh, he's not working. We'll go visit yeah. or say hi or whatnot. And they just are, like, troopers. It's like, you know, if we like stuff and we want to work hard, we have to work hard then. We don't have and, you know, and I think that. teaching our kids that, there's great value to that, though. You role model that. And that's the whole of all of America would be a better place if everybody was dragging their kids everywhere they went, showing them how to work. Oh, so my I, God. Yeah. Amen. Isn't that the truth? So oh, yeah, I got a question. That problem. No, no. So here's a big one that the girls wanted me to ask you, and it, huh? it's, it's a little bit personal. How do you guys deal with the people that criticize you when they don't even know you? <laughs> oh, we, did, like, we don't hear about most of it. To be completely honest, yeah. you'll hear it like on the side kind of thing. Like, so Sachin said this and this about you, and you're like, what? We never even met him. I think it's the human nature, especially in this day and age, and just the jealousy. And I think people just have these expectations, and they they think they know us, and they have no idea. You know, I mean, I remember one day somebody was like, oh, it must be nice. I'm like, oh, living the life or whatever, because we're building a house. And it's like, yeah, okay, A, we bought property at the right time many years ago. Went into, our other house went into foreclosure to buy that property. I mean, it's like we have such a history, a long thing. And, and I was like, oh, was that when I actually beat cancer or was that when my mom died of lung cancer? I mean, I just went down this thing. I was like, 
yeah, we look like we have this great life and we do have a great life, but it has sure. not come we without, yeah. we've worked for it and it has not come without heartbreak and us just overcoming a lot and just, you know, just as a couple and with God and our kids and stuff. So it's just, I actually kind of feel bad from it. And then the other thing is, it's like, I'm always like, why don't you say that to my face? And, you know, every once in a while, I'll get, like, in a mood, especially, like, on social media, and I'll, like, write somebody back, and they're like, oh, so sorry, I, I thought this was this. And it's like, yeah, because you don't know, and you just wrote something that you have no idea what you're even talking about. And the lady who actually manages, like, our social media, which people wouldn't think we have, like, a social media manager, but it's like, in all reality, you do. you got 30 sponsors. You have posts that have to go out at certain times and stuff, and it's like, if you see stories, that's me, 100% most of the time. But if you see, like, real, legit posts, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I don't know how to tag stuff. I just I, don't I just do it quick. Media. Yeah, Lita, you have it. I don't have the apps on my phone. I don't even know but how. Sean will sometimes say, she'll be like, um, <laughs> I removed that. I hope you don't mind. And I'm like, no, you totally should have. I should have even wrote it. I'm so sorry. I should have wrote that person back because what did it even matter? I mean, it's like you can't have these conversations on social media anyways and, you know, like defend your case per se. So, I mean, I'm like more amazed that people, it's like, if you don't like us or you don't, whatever, it's like, you don't even know us. I mean, I don't have social media and I don't look at it and that's where it is. Everybody you meet, you know, is always awesome. Super, super nice. I mean, just even in towns or anything, yeah. you know, everybody, you wave at everybody, say hello to everybody. You talk to everyone. We're just, I mean, I'd give, Anyone that knows me would know I'd give you the shirt off my back if I thought you needed it, um, <laughs> you know, and I, I'd do anything to help anybody. So nobody that really knows uh, you know, to say anything you, you know, like that. But. And, Lee, I, I appreciate, I mean, it's no secret you guys own a farm that's right next to me. And it was yeah. funny because about, I don't remember if it was three or four years ago, I got to watch an episode of The Crush and you shot a deer that I missed the day before. <laughs> <laughs> he left me off of that west draw, ran straight across over to your farm that's east of me, and then I got to watch on TV when you shot him. And it was weird because a couple of the guys that were hunting with me were like, well, he shot your deer. Now, they're all indignant. I was like, I don't own that deer, and he don't either. And if I hadn't have missed yeah. it, you know. It's funny how people warp that up. And I just want to say this. I appreciate you guys so much. You and I are putting in three quarters of a mile of fence right now. And that's the kind of neighbor yeah. that you are, is that, you know, when something's got to be done, you just do it. And you guys are fantastic neighbors. And I just want people to realize that you're, you're, you're real. You know, you love your kids. You love God. You're a great neighbor and an asset to the community. I just want to say thank you for that. Um, oh, that's so nice of you to say. And you know what? I, like where we used to live in Salem, I mean, they had some kids and stuff hunting over there. And they would shoot one, and they'd sit right on a fence line, and, of course, they would come right over our fence line. And there was not <laughs> one time that Lee did not drive them back there in our ranger, yeah. help pull those deer out, help no matter what deer it was they shot, whether it was a spike, whether it was a doe, whether it was a fawn, whether it was big a big one that, you know, that we would have passed and stuff. It's like we were always just yeah, genuinely never, never happy. Yeah, to anybody nope, about just, I mean, he's happy that they're out there hunting and yep. stuff. And there's not one person that he's ever, I mean, there's been times where I'm like, where are you going? It's 9 o'clock at night. You know, he's like, oh, someone hit one on, you yeah. know, the pondo. I got to go help him pull it out. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, he's never been anything but nice to every no, person you guys, ever. You guys are probably awesome nicer than I, I am that. on some of that stuff. <laughs> Rod, how could you have shot one or missed when it came over to ours? Because how would it get over the high fence? 
<laughs> I know. I, I know. I, when I travel, yeah, everybody, the, some, of, some of the stories, yeah, I know. You, you've got them. Yeah, you've got them all fenced in. You've got them tied up. No, I, I, I know. I'm like, actually, you know we live in southeast Iowa, right? I mean, it's like a ginormous food plot everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so most is. of our farms don't even have a dang fence around them. You know, some of our best That's farms. That's what I was going to say. It wasn't that he had to jump anything. That's why we're putting in a new fence. I <laughs> keep my cattle off of your farm. He could just walk yeah. through the holes in it. So, um, yeah. Karen yeah. wanted me to ask, or Kayla. Kayla wanted me to ask you. She'd like you guys individually. Lee, you go first. She'd like to talk to you. Her question was, talk about the one that got away. One certain deer or one opportunity. Uh-huh. Boy, one thing that got away from actually. you. That's an easy one, too, for me. Because <laughs> it was a... I mean, I still don't know what I would do differently, but what a mistake. Tiffany was with me. Okay, on one of our farms, we had this giant deer. And he wasn't very regular at all, but, you know, he was there enough, and so we were muzzleloader hunting, and because oh, that's when it was, yeah. you know, it was during the gun season, so I had gun tag, and Tiffany and I went out. We both had our muzzleloaders. I was hoping that deer would show up, and he came out in this field on the other side. It was close, like 60 yards, but it was a place that we didn't really have trimmed out. It was a part of the field that wasn't our food plot side. It was just a side that was harvested, and so it was like through a little bit of brush. It was only like 60 yards, and boom, I shoot, and he goes right down, and we're like, yes, you know, so... We're like high five. High five and, and like cutaways and stuff. Yeah, so so then you know if you don't know, like you showing for a TV show, you got to do cutaways, like you know tight, so the pulling the hammer back and that Especially kind of stuff. Especially before the time changes. So you yeah, know, you know, so you get stuff that looks right. So we we're doing some cutaways. So I looked out there, and the deer was had fallen, just went straight down like a ton of bricks, and his his head was to the left, and his butt was to the right. And so I looked over there, and all of a sudden, his head was to the right, and his butt was to the left. And I was like, hey, Tiffany, give me your gun. Because I just shot my muzzle. I didn't reload it, but she had hers right there. I said, give me your gun. So I just looked through the scope and looked at it. Okay, he's not moving. I don't see this. I don't see him breathing at all. I mean, if I just would have saw him move a muscle, I was always still alive. I just would have shot him again. You know, he's only 60 yards and with a muzzleloader with a scope. So I give her a gun back, and we start, you know, doing some things again. So then... I look out there again, because it wasn't like it was right in front. Like I said, it was kind of through a little bit of brush because it wasn't where we expected him to come out. And I look again, I see his white belly. And I was like, wait a minute, give me your gun again. Because now he had turned over like he shot his back before. But, you know, you're looking through the scope at 60 yards, and it's literally like you can look at his eyeball. You know, <laughs> you can the power up. I'm looking at it, and I don't see it doesn't blink. I don't see it breathing. I don't see any moving. So it's like, well, you don't really see any reason to like, just shoot, shoot something that's yeah. dead, maybe it would just flinch or whatever, I don't know, but I never physically saw it because it's kind of, you kind of have to look through the, the branches, the, the leaves on the tree and stuff to kind of see it. So we started doing stuff again, I got looking close, and I okay, never moved. If I was even thought twitch. But so we started doing stuff again, and Austin Tiffany's like, Lee, and I look up, and the, it's going into the woods, and I, I grab right a gun, and I put, I put my crosses, I could have shot probably in the butt, but it was just kind of going in, and I didn't. I said, well, it should be right in there. Yeah. So the next day we go out and just a little bit of blood and stuff. And so we looked at this footage and it looked like it was perfect. But so then we get home, put on the TV and you see it must've hit like a branch and it hit high, but it just the way that it pulled the skin, it looked like it you know, pulled it right through the, like right behind his shoulder, but it was just pulling it from up high and it just went above the spine. It's like shocked the spine and just kind of uh. shocked it. And it went down and then he was alive the next year too. And I never got a shot of him again. Then he disappeared, but the sheds on the thing, um, a neighbor found um, one 
And then we found the other one a year later, and he would have been like 222 or something like that. Wow. Giant. Yeah. So that's so the one that, that got away from me. That was dumb. It was that's right the one there. that got away for you. You bet. Yep. So, and Tiffany, mine, what about that, you? I just remember, is it a candlestick on Brad Pennington? Oh, yeah. I remember candlestick, and it was just this giant eight-point. Eight eight but he was just huge, absolutely huge. And I just remember he was just out there, and he was just a little bit too far, and I just could never get a shot off him because he was, like, at 60, 65 yards and stuff. And I, did a neighbor shoot him? No, I don't know whatever happened. I, we to don't that know period, what happened. But that was still the shed that everybody looked at yep. in their house because you know you got all these big sheds, but candlesticks it just had like I mean eight inch mass and, and like the, he was the, the twos were like sixteen inches and the threes were like fourteen. I mean it's like the biggest eight. Oh point my you've gosh! Ever seen. It was all <laughs> kind of bladed down the one side. And it was just the coolest stand ever too because you it was kind of down like in a little bit of a bottom. And I just remember like looking up and it was like. Holy buckets! Here he comes, and he was just out there making a scrape. Yeah, think, like, and, and this was a long time ago. It was quite a while ago, you know. Like now, she would shoot like that fifty or sixty yards, yards shoot stuff yeah. like that all the time. You know, not white right. guys normally you don't have to, but you know, I like that one, that, whatever. Antelope hunting. I mean, she shot antelope at eighty yards and stuff. But back then, you know, you were prepared to shoot forty, and just you know, it was like fifty-six. I think is as close as it came. But like nowadays, you'd you know, a 56, you'd, be, would, shooting. you'd yeah. be shooting at him. But yeah, I remember the year before, I think it was giant too. And actually had Blake Shelton was hunting with us and I had Blake out and I was filming him and we walked out and that, that shed, he'd shed really early and we found the shed walking out and they're holy cow, look at the shed. And I don't think we even knew And I found the other side. I remember, yeah, I found the other side. On the other side. So that's why when we saw him, you know, we'd get some pictures. I'm saying we better, you know, try to hunt him early. Early, and that was like, that was like in December. I was going to say like early December like, too. You know, a lot of times those early shedders will always shed early. But yeah, that was right. the one chance at candlestick, and then never saw him. And then again. never saw him again. <laughs> and that's hunting in a nutshell. Yeah. Well, guys, it's funny when you say time. that though. Oh, I was going to say, it's funny when you say that, though, because, like, now I was like, oh, do you remember that bucket Saskatchewan that we almost killed? That oh, giant yeah. one? Yeah, now I can start, we like, thinking about funny, some yeah, other ones that of, it's like. I forget about those. Yeah. Those are even before we had the show. We would just go hunting together. we go to Alberta. That thing was we, a giant. Tiffany was a flight attendant, so we could fly for free. So, you know, when I worked at it, I was a chemical engineer at an oil refinery for five oh. years or whatever. So I got on shift as an engineer. Okay, so, you know, I'd work. You know, 12 hour days, but then, you know, you'd have a week off every month. I'd work on the shift with the guys out in the plant. Um, and so we would just hop on a plane and fly into Denver and rent a car and go look around the Republican River and stuff down in, in, <laughs> in, uh, in South Dakota and different places you've heard about, you know, where there could have been some big deer. We'd hop on, go up to Alberta and drive all over and knock on doors. You know, we just, every, we just lived hunting. I mean, it, we, I'd work hard at the oil refinery when I when we had to work, but when I was done, we were on a plane going someplace looking at deer. Well, it's obvious you you've been funny. passionate about this whole lot. Yeah, like, go ahead, Tiffany. Wait, do you want a funny story? I remember sure. picking Lee up, and I didn't really, like, drive long distances for the most part. I mean, now I'll still, I'll, now I'll drive up to the cabin and stuff, but I just, I don't know. He always drove. And I remember picking him up, and he's like, ah, oh, you know, he works all night long, and he's like, can you just drive for a little bit? I'm like, yeah, I can drive. <laughs> I like 
what time are you talking about? I know. About? Like a because I don't drive well at night. I, I don't drive well at night. We figured that out now. And, of course, this is back in the day when we did, we had maps, you know. I mean, you remember those days. It's like we did not have GPSs. We didn't have phones. We had maps. And I tell you what, if anybody, like, in your relationship can make it through map reading and driving with a spouse, man, you can make it through just about anything. Because I tell you, some of the fights we used to have. You- Tiffany, it's a connect the dot. You did that when you were in kindergarten. You connect yeah. the dot. And you did not say it's that not nicely for the record. Book. Yeah, I it's remember not that calculus. One. Just look at the dot. I hated to not say it that nicely. <laughs> but anyways, I was like, I just remember being so tired. I'm like, I'm just going to pull in. He's like, yeah, you don't want to take a chance. You always want to yeah. pull over. Safety first. You want to pull over. Mm-hmm. And we get up and he starts driving. And he's like. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, we were we go down to Kansas all the time. Oh yeah, right? that's right. from because, Minnesota. Yeah, from Minnesota. The first farm we bought was in Kansas. So, like, I would work nights like there, and then she'd pick me up in the morning, and then I would just start driving. But then at some point, you'd start getting tired, you know. So it was starting to get dark already, you know, because I don't know where. Yeah, I think yeah, we we're going to Kansas, and like I pulled off an exit, and she said, "I'll drive." And then by the time she just took off, I was sleeping already, and so. I got in and so when I, I sleep for a couple hours, and I get up and I start driving again. I said, "Oh, I hope let's see what you got." And I go, and it was literally the next exit. And I was like, "You're telling me you went you know, three quarters of a mile this whole time?" And I was like, <laughs> 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 I wake up and we we're on our way to Chicago, and I'm like, "Tiffany, why are we going to eat going into Chicago when we're going to Kansas City?" I was like, "I don't know." So turn around, drive another six hours back the other way. I don't think I ever went that far. Well, but yeah, I do not have a good sense of direction at all. It's the weirdest thing. I'll keep that in mind when I'm meeting you, okay? Thank you. Yeah. All right. Uh, one last thing. The girls were asking if you could share, because you guys are so good at what you do, but what tip would you give someone who's who needs to branch out of their comfort zone to pursue something they love? Tiffany, you go first. What's a tip you give people to get out of their comfort zone and go after something? Just try it. You know what? I think so many of us are just afraid to look stupid or dumb. You know, you don't want to do it because you're like, oh, what if I look dumb doing that? What if I screw this up? What if I do this? What if I do that? And it's like, just do it. You probably will end up having a lot more fun than you would have thought, A. And B, it's like, you may find it's something that you're really good at and actually, like, really thrive at it, you know? It's like we just had a friend of ours just start shooting a bow. She's never done it in her life, and her and her husband um, just moved here. They actually bought her place over in, in Salem, and I was like, Maria, why aren't you shooting a bow? She's like, I don't know. I probably am not going to be good. I'm not – I just don't I, – I never thought of doing it. And I'm like, well, would you want to? She's like, well, maybe. And I'm like, all right, that's all I needed to hear. And it's like we had her – she started out with this little mission and we had her like into one of my, yeah, in like three days into one of my primas that, um, and she's just like shooting bullet holes. And she was like, Oh my gosh, this is awesome. And the confidence that's given her is just like off the charts. It's pretty awesome. So it's like, I think so often we're just so scared to like try something new and it's like, you know what? Life's too short. What do you got to lose? Maybe you'll like it. Maybe you won't, but at least you did it. At least you're not, you know, at least you tried it. Cause you just never know. Exactly. Lee, how about you? What have you got for a tip for people wanting to get out of that comfort zone? Well, I mean, mine might be a little bit different because, like, there's lots of situations, like Tiffany was saying, that they don't want to try something or whatever. But I see, you know, like, we do so many seminars and stuff, and, you know, get these younger kids. I'd like to love to do that, what you do or something. I said, well, go ahead. You know, the thing is, I think so many people are in that, that rut, okay, you have to do this and you have to go to college and you have to get married and you have to do this and that you kind of think that you have everything planned out for you 
But like Tiffany and I have never been that way. Like I said, we were always just kind of, like I said, we'd just get on a plane and go someplace. You know, we sometimes wouldn't even know where we're going. I don't know, let's go to Denver and let's go over this way. Or let's go over this, see something, let's go someplace and explore and look around. And even like when I, I mean, I went to college for eight years and as a chemical engineer. And I remember when I quit to do a TV show, my, my sisters, even when I was, younger, you know, they'd be, like, you're never going to do anything with your life. All you think about is hunting. And I'd always, you know, I was smart. I got five <laughs> sisters and I'd be like, well, I just feel sorry for you that you don't have anything you're that passionate about. You know, <laughs> but I remember when, when I did quit to move down, like Tiffany's mom was the only person, like all, everyone was like, what? I mean, you finally got you this great job and you've been there for five years and you're like one of the refinery managers and everything else. And you're quit one day and picked up and left and went moving to Iowa. Like, what are you doing? But like, everybody said that except like Tiffany's mom. But, you know, Tiffany's mom, her her dad, you know, they he was in Vietnam. So when he came back and he was just in really great shape and stuff and at 47 had a heart attack. I mean, in great shape. And I'm sure that it was probably something with the chemicals and stuff over there. But, you know, she unexpectedly lost her husband, you know, Tiffany and her brother. How old are you, Tiffany? 18? Or yeah, 18. 18 or something like that, yeah. you know, and she never got remarried. So it was like tragedy in her life, you know, that. Yeah, so she was the only one that really understood because I think, you know, so many people think you got to do this and do that and follow these steps and then you get to retirement here. She's just like, she always felt like, well, you might never get to retirement. We always had these plans to live up on, you know, with the cabin on the lake and all the stuff. We never got there. So she was the only one that was like, hey, good for you. So she was and pushing then, you to chase that dream. That's awesome. Yeah, well, not pushing it, but she was the only one that really understood. She was supportive. She was but, right, hey, right. good for you guys. But for me, I just think that, you know, you can always, even, you know, I, even some guys that work for me, I was like, hey, just why go buy something? There's a piece of land for sale for it. Well, I don't know if I can afford that. Well, I couldn't either. Look, you got to do whatever you can. You know, and you've you got to do it. You know, just do it. I mean, what, mm -hmm. I mean, you, you know, so what if you don't have any money? If you sit and save and everything for, for like you said, you're going to keep saving and saving and saving and saving. And, you know, for retirement, you might not get there. Like for me, like I told you, I, I made it work with my dad and something like this. I just thought outside the box in any way I can think of to get something because, you know, you kind of learn now. I didn't really understand it then, but at the time, you know, but now it's like it doesn't really matter what you pay for something right now. If you think it's a little high in 10 years, you're going to look like a genius no matter what you paid for it. Exactly. You just got to do something. And we certainly don't live for, like, saying, okay, we're going to save this money for our kids. It's like, well, if we've done our job, our kids will. Yeah, they don't need money own, from us. Yeah, they don't need money from us. So they'll, they'll make their own way in life, you know. And Well, yeah, I mean, we've always just kind of is. kind of outside the box. We never really followed the rules that people set for you or yeah. expectations, and we still are that way, you know, just, hey, if we think this is right. And we've been lucky, you know, you've fallen into a lot of places and stuff that you know a lot of lucky breaks our way but like i said before i think anytime you're super passionate about something that your life will lead you in that direction and yeah so we're just we try to be good we're good christians we we help everybody we can i think and i really believe that that you just be a good person be the best you can help anyone you can and that comes back around i think just god rewards you for you know, being a good person and 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 you know, doing your part, and and I think that's always happened to us. We've always, whenever we've needed stuff, and you know, even like when Tiffany had cancer and stuff, and you know, he's always he's always just helped us out. He's always saw us through and made us, you know, 
pointed us in the right direction and you know we've lived our life that way and um continue to. yeah and continue to and in every corner you know it just it, it, yeah the yeah you still have adversity and you have things even now you know it's, you know even buying stuff and selling stuff or you know, trying to buy farms or build my house or this and that and there's always decisions to make and you know you just uh seems like anytime that you're think we made a, a mistake or something something comes up in your life nope that was the right move it worked out right so you just no. you put your faith in him and and he's been, he's and I, been good to us well i and i appreciate that and that is great 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 advice i love how you guys are more interested in what you can give than what you can take how do people follow you guys how do they talk to us about finding your show talk to us about finding you on facebook or Talk to us about any other social media platform. How can people connect with you if they want more? Well, we are on Instagram at The Crush TV, Facebook at The Crush TV, and then we're on MOTV, which is um, the Outdoor Channel's mobile app, so you can get us anytime. And actually, like, all of our old shows, even back to the getting close days, are on that, which is hilarious to watch, look at back at <laughs> those things. And then, of course, we're on the Outdoor Channel, too. And don't ask awesome. me if you don't have social media. all right guys i appreciate your time thanks for taking time away from your family and giving us a little bit here and we look forward to getting to share this for those of you that follow us at a better way to farm we appreciate you listening i hope you've enjoyed this as much as i have getting to know these guys a little better and i'll just close with this i really hope you guys are all having a better day Thank you for joining us this week on the A Better Way to Farm podcast. If you found value in this episode, we would appreciate you rating us on iTunes or simply sharing with a friend. If you like this show, be sure to subscribe and tune in next time for serious secrets about profitable farming.